Welcome to another episode of Discographology Overtime, a safe space to go wandering from our main topics on side quests, back roads, and any other randomness we care to converse about. Today I've decided to tell a story, a story about how and why I'm not a fan of the Grateful Dead. As a disclaimer, I don't have anything against the dead, so this is meant as entertainment, so don't take me too seriously or come, you know, after me with, you know, pitchforks. Uh, people should like what they like, and saying a, a band just sucks is lazy and gatekeeping, in my opinion. So, let's get this thing going. First, uh, I have Josh and Matt with me today, here to hear the tale and offer any insights they deem appropriate. So, first I thought I'd ask, how familiar are you guys with The Grateful Dead? Um... I was, I think I, the first time I, I really became aware of the Grateful Dead, I, I was, this, this is a funny, fun Grateful Dead story, I guess. I, I was going to a birthday party and um, I knew a kid in elementary school who was playing hacky sack. And I, you know, I thought, well, that, that might be a cool birthday gift for this other kid. So my mom took me down to, uh, to Cosmic Fish so we could buy a hacky sack. And I was, you know, probably... 10 at the time so josh you you know you know my mom you you can imagine kind of what a, what an odd what an odd scene that this would have been but we, we we go and and sure enough uh they do have hacky sacks and um my mom you know picked it up and said, oh is this a teddy bear so um th that, that was that was about the the uh the the level of um kind of familiar uh familiarity at least as a kid uh that i had of grateful dead and, and of have heard you know plenty of grateful dead songs of course you know uh got into the um uh that freaks and geeks episode um you know they, they feature prominently in and um actually uh went uh went on a on a date uh to a it was the 20th anniversary show of the swag which is a, a grateful dead cover band that apparently is you know has been around long enough to have to be a 20 year <laughs> uh 20 years strong grateful dead cover band so you know uh always just kind of peripherally uh familiar with grateful dead i remember jerry garcia dying and um you know have not disliked necessarily what i've what i've heard of them you know there are a few tracks that i you know really enjoy but but a lot of a lot of um maybe just not for me uh but um but i think they're an interesting band and and i'm, I'm excited to see what uh what hmm. logan's got got in uh, lined up for us here yeah i i feel like the grateful dead has had this uh, reevaluation in the last like 20 years. Like, I feel like so. My first association with the Grateful Dead, and I think it was probably this way. I don't know Logan's story yet, so maybe this is revealed in the story. But I feel like when we were kids, like kids our age, like the Grateful Dead was really associated with hippies that, uh, you know, do lots of drugs and don't really have jobs and follow them. Like, I feel like there was definitely a, a, a stigma and stereotype kind of with it. And then, I don't know, maybe that Freaks and Geeks episode had something to do with it. Cause I feel like, or maybe it's just age, but Jerry Garcia dying. And then like, I don't know how many years later, 10 years later, that Freaks and Geeks episode airing, which have you seen that Freaks and Geeks episode, Logan? 
the last one with the Grateful Dead. I've stuff never, in it. unfortunately, sat and done an entire watch through of Freaks. And okay. Games. So the last episode of the series is it, it's a lot of it is about uh, the, one of the main characters becoming a Grateful Dead fan. Um, and so they play a lot of Grateful Dead music. And I feel like that episode made a lot of people who maybe watched that show that were my age uh, be like, hey, the Grateful Dead, that's that's not such a bad band. Maybe it's not just for hippies and and uh, mm-hmm. dope fiends. I don't know. <laughs> um, so with that, I kind of started to eva- reevaluate them a little bit more. Like when I was a kid, I knew Touch of Grey and that was it. Um, now that being said, I don't think I'm nearly at the level, uh, you know, that someone that's like a dead head, quote unquote, uh, would be, I, I own a couple albums, um, which are American Beauty and Working Man's Dead. And I, I'm pretty familiar with both of those albums and like them both pretty well. Um, in fact, after I heard Logan say he was going to do an episode about, his reasons for not liking the Grateful Dead. I gave him American Beauty to clean, um, <laughs> kind of as, as like, here you go, go clean this. Since you don't like the Grateful Dead, uh, but no, I'm not like a huge fan. Although I will say, in addition to the two albums and listening to a little bit of other stuff, I also own a uh, a set of socks that are Grateful Dead socks <laughs> that I have sometimes. So like, I guess I feel kind of like a poser. I'm wearing these like Deadhead Bears on my feet. Sometimes, but um, yeah, I, I like Working Man's Dead. I like American Beauty. I like like parts of Skull and Roses, but that's that's the extent of it. But I think there are other people in our generation that really, in the last I don't know ten years, about like kind of just have have started thinking of them as being this classic band to the point that they're big fans. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see what Logan has to say about the Grateful Dead here. So, uh, did they capitalize? Did the Bears get capitalized on with like the Beanie Baby craze? Because that mm. seems like a they do seem a shoe in. Like there had to have been some kind Pro- of like you know Probably. Grateful Dead themed Beanie Baby. I would imagine. Uh, I feel like Grateful Dead are almost as bad as Kiss sometimes in terms of like merchandising opportunities. Okay, <laughs> you know, right. like maybe not not Gene Simmons level, but like there's quite a bit of Grateful Dead merch out there. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was like a Beanie Baby Grateful Dead. Ah, well, ah, oh, one can only dream. So I I suppose we should go ahead and get this going. I'll I'll I'll, I'll clue you guys into what it is I've, I I've got against the Grateful Dead. And uh, first, I should note that this is, in fact, a true story. And uh, yeah, buckle up. As a child, I was very interested in music. While I was geographically located in somewhat of a cultural dead zone, my parents strived to provide me with some different types of music, most of which I'd roll my eyes at. But every so often, something would get through to this thick head of mine. I have great memories of my parents sharing music with me. One of those memories will lead the way in a story that I never thought I'd be telling. My dad has a good buddy that's really into the Grateful Dead. I can't really say that mom and dad are deadheads. In fact, they're not. I remember seeing their iconic logo everywhere in the 80s. Me, always being attracted to all things dark and spooky, always would let my mind wander about what the Grateful Dead sounded like. 
surely it would be something awesome, scary, or both. I was too young to have any perspective. At one point, my dad's buddy lent him a Grateful Dead VHS tape. I'm unsure if it was a feature film about them, a live show, or music videos. Yet I remember very clearly seeing skeletons playing instruments, and I was just (laughs) amazed. I think I'd only seen skeletons like this in Jason and the Argonauts. I would always remember seeing this. I'd even occasionally ask my dad about it or if we could watch it again. Thinking about it now, I don't even recall at the time being aware of the music. I was just transfixed with the images of the skeletons playing in a band. At some point, I was disappointed to find out that the Grateful Dead weren't really like anything I had dreamed up. It wasn't dark, spooky, or anything like that. At the time, I'm unsure I had even heard the term jam band yet, but I could tell in my young arrogance that it wasn't music I'd probably ever be into. However, full disclosure, I never really gave them any kind of chance after this. I soon gained not really any perspective because I would just go on to lump them in with like hippies or the movement of the 60s and never really thought much more about them. This would also coincide with my irritability towards things marketed as dark and scary, but aren't. So moving on, I grew up. I became an amateur musician and started a band. I moved from Camdenton to Springfield and my band Fatherton eventually moves too. We start playing tons of shows in Springfield, always something to jump onto or play. I take a break from school to focus on music and start working in the service industry to pay my bills. At one point, my buddy Brian and Fatherton drummer gets hired out at the country club that I work at. So we're waiting tables. It's like 2007. We mostly had different schedules, but we'd occasionally get to hang out at work. While we were both working there, there was a line cook that we uh, will call Jerry. He always seemed like a nice guy, usually chatting us up about music and whatnot. Most of our coworkers knew we were in a band, so typically people would bring this factoid up and conversations would lead to music or whatever. Jerry was very passionate about the Grateful Dead. Under his work attire and chef's coat, he'd usually have a different Grateful Dead shirt on almost every day. He was constantly looking for an opportunity to turn the conversation towards the dead and would go on about them at length. You know how sometimes you always have that person that's like, you should listen to, but you never get around to it? Or you know already that you aren't really interested, but you don't want to seem rude? I would think back to my very little experience with the dead and think, yeah, not really interested. However, I try to be a good listener and give everyone a fair shake, especially with topics they are passionate about. I totally get being passionate about music or certain bands, for sure. So this happens regularly. Brian and I would both endure long conversations about the dead. So one night, a coworker decides to throw a party at our apartment. As per usual, everyone's invited except managers. I'd been to a few get-togethers, but not too many with this group. I was no stranger to parties at this age and was usually down. Brian and I had decided to go. The party is somewhere on Kimbrew, south of downtown Springfield O'Hare. The party gets going and people are showing up. As one would expect, drinks are flowing, work aggressions and rants are coming out. Everyone's just having a good time, blowing off steam. No major drama, just having fun. Jerry shows up, and you've guessed it, he is wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. He's being cool, 
he joins in on a conversation Brian and I are having with some people about music or something. And you can tell Jerry's getting pretty wasted. You can see him hovering around a girl that's way out of his league and age bracket, trying to spark something with her, but it's not going well. She isn't interested and is more interested in the party that she's throwing. We watch as he just gets even more drunk. By this time, the party's just popping. Everyone except Jerry is having a good time and I'm really starting to tie on a good buzz with some whiskey. The music talk and conversations are going well until Jerry starts bringing up the damn Grateful Dead. You can see our conversation group starting to slowly dissipate as Jerry rants and raves about the dead. At this point, it's just me and Brian left. Brian, who knew better, decides to also disperse and leave me to talk to a drunken Jerry about the dead. Now I'm cornered, and Jerry is slurring and leaning into me, breath all hot and nasty, and I'm looking for any opportunity to get away. But here come the compliments. He starts telling me how much he likes me and how cool I am and blah, 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 blah. Just feeding me this stuff about being a musician and just trying to inflate my ego. For those who aren't strangers to anxiety or awkwardness, it's even harder to get away when people are being flattering to you, even if they're drunk. He starts begging me to come out to his car and listen to one Grateful Dead song with him. Me, <laughs> who is very uninterested in doing this, is desperately trying to make excuses. I don't know, man. The party's pretty kicking. I need to go to the bathroom anyway. So I make a break for it, thinking, oh, he'll he'll get to talking to someone else and I can get off the hook. Nope. I come back out and this time he's very assertive saying, come on, man, one song. I'm always telling you, listen to them. I'm always telling you to listen to them. Can't you listen to one song with me, man? I'm annoyed and want this to be over with. So I agree. I think it's one song. What's it going to hurt? Then I can just get back to the party and hopefully he'll let the dead rest for the evening. So we trek out across the street where his car is parked. He starts up his car and starts fumbling through his CD wallet, looking for the one with the right song. Of course, the one he picks is never the one with the right song that he's looking for, but he still won't change it. He just starts listening to whatever he's incorrectly chosen. Then he'll be like, oh, uh, okay, I think this one is it. And he would search every song only to find out it wasn't the one. This went on for way longer than it should have. I'm trying to be polite and patient, but quickly starting to tire of the charade. It's also too hot in his car and I'm ready to bail. I start saying something like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Uh-huh, yeah. Thank you for showing me that, you know, that, so I think, you know, I think I'm going to head back in now when all of a sudden he whips out of his parking spot. Kind of shocked. I said, uh, where are we going? He doesn't respond. He's starting to pick up considerable speed. I try to play it cool as he's still fumbling with the CDs and messing with his stereo. Apparently he finds the song he's looking for and then he just hits the pedal it's just like that he finally found it so we're still in town but he gets on kansas expressway and guns it i'm talking 90 to 100 miles per hour easily 
dude runs at least three red lights. And I just start to full on panic. I'm like, whoa, man, you gotta slow down. Let's, let's head back to the party. Jerry turns the music up even louder. Now we're shooting up around I-44 and he's still just flying. He's buzzing by every vehicle that's out there. Horns are blaring. I think one guy just pulled over to get out of the guy's way. Insanity. At the time, I didn't think my phone even had a texting phone. This was almost 15 years ago and my little flip phone wasn't even on my mind. He gets on 44 and is going well over 100 miles per hour. Grateful Dead just blaring. I finally stop screwing around and I get stern with Jerry and say, hey man, I'm done. You gotta take me home. And so we're getting close to my neighborhood and I didn't even mind that my car was back at the party. I just wanted out of the car and the situation. I somehow convinced him to take me home. I started to relax a little as we were just around the corner from my house and the music still cranked but I was just grateful that I wasn't dead. I've never been in a vehicle going that fast, especially with someone who was so smashed. So then, right when I'm thinking that, he pulls me up to my house. I'm about to unload on him, but decide just get out. So I open the door, but before I could even get one foot out, boom, he takes off again. I, I instantly just <laughs> lost my mind and I started yelling at him to take me back. He was literally at the front of my house. I was there. Frantically, I shut the door and I get back and put my seatbelt on. At this point, he takes me on yet another speeding frenzy all around Springfield. I'm yelling at him, getting very pissed off, pleading with him to take me home. At one point, the asshole turns his headlights off and starts purposely swerving all over the road. We're in town, oh speeding, running lights and signs, Grateful Dead still blasting in my ears as I try to push through the thought of me dying in my head. He then pulls out a bottle of liquor from underneath his seat and takes a huge pull off of it. I'm hoping we get pulled over at this point, that the cops, you know, that would at least save me from an awful car accident. I turn to Jerry and say, look, man, I'm done. Pull over. I'm done with this. You're being, you know, I'm just unloading. We need to get off the road immediately. You know, blah, blah, blah. Don't F with me. Blah. I'm, I'm using, you know, the most serious voice that I have. And I'm flat out screaming at this guy. I don't know if my profanity and screaming got through to him or if he had a momentary sobering thought but he ends up pulling up to an apartment complex, but he doesn't even make it into the parking space. He overshoots and rolls up over the concrete barrier, over a sidewalk, and into the <laughs> complex's grass. He shuts the engine off, headlights still on, and stumbles out of the car. Confused, I finally realize that this must be where he lives. So he staggers about for a moment, takes another huge swig from the bottle that he had from under the seat, he doesn't say anything to me or even bothered to even acknowledge that I'm there. He starts struggling for balance as he circles the grass and just face plants. His bottle rolls down the sidewalk, his car door opened, headlights on, face firmly planted in the ground. I'm still sitting in the car just staring at the spectacle. I turned off his lights and I shut the door. I got out and tried to shake him awake unsuccessfully. The dude's breathing and is on his stomach, so 
I quit trying. I get out my little flip phone and call Brian. He asks where the hell I went, and I'm like, man, Jerry tried to kill me. I need you to come pick me up at this address. So Brian, who's always willing to help, promptly heads over. He shows up and sees me standing out on the street. I point over to Jerry, and Brian just starts shaking his head. I said, dude, please, just take me home. As I got into his truck and he pulled out of the drive, I saw Jerry start crawling towards the apartment complex. And Brian asked, what happened? Where did you guys go? I said, man, I have a story to tell you. Also, fuck the Grateful Dead. The following Monday, I head into work. I dreaded seeing Jerry, but I also hoped for some kind of apology or explanation of what had happened that night. Employees entered the building through a gated trash area, which is also the smoker's lounge. I didn't even make it past the gate without my manager, Shirley, stopping me. As she smoked a cigarette and condescendingly looked at me, which she did this to everyone, she said, Well, I heard you went on a little joyride with Jerry the other night. Is he your boyfriend now? <laughs> Word travels fast. I roll my eyes and explain, and I made it very clear that this was not my doing and that no, he was not my boyfriend. My manager liked to pretend that I was gay and regularly tease me about it. She was not cool at all. After I clock in, here comes everyone with some kind of comment about the situation. Everyone thought it was hilarious and everyone was talking about it. I felt like no one really knew how terrified I'd been and I didn't really want to volunteer that information. As I walked into the kitchen, I looked around and I didn't see Jerry. I searched around a bit, but to no avail. Finally, my manager Shirley walks in and says that Jerry no-called, no-showed. As the week went on, this continued to happen. To this day, I've never seen Jerry again. He never returned to work, and no one ever said anything about him again. Yet, the lesson I learned from this experience was very clear to me. Never get in a car with a deadhead. It's never <laughs> just one song. Your life ain't worth risking for anyone named Jerry. And finally, learn to tuck and roll if you ever need to bail out of a moving vehicle. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So uh, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I I have a few thoughts. By the way, I want to say, uh, without revealing too much, I think this has happened to you more than once in your life, <laughs> not with a, a deadhead fan, but I feel like I've heard you tell me a couple stories about someone kidnapping you in a car. <laughs> like, yeah. for the average person, you get kidnapped in a car a lot. Well, <laughs> like yeah, I also had the conversation with my parents. They asked uh, how many times that I've uh, narrowly escaped death, and uh, it went over like 10 times. So, uh, yeah, I've lived some lives, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Matt, do you have some thoughts? I have some other things, but... That's that's a great story, Logan. I, I You know, um, obviously terrifying in the moment, but... Uh, I was just taken by the the comedic effect of uh, uh, bringing back in touch of gray. It's kind of I feel like it's kind of one of those one of those songs that that's inadvertently humorous uh, in in ironic contexts, perhaps. Um, 
what one one thought that I had about the dead kind of generally uh, was, you know, I, I think we we've all talked about the concept of a band who is good, but is perhaps maligned by a portion of their fandom. And, and this is certainly an example of that. And I feel like the grateful dead certainly could be a, uh, a band that, that falls into that category um, that, you know, has, they're, they're like the uh, OG the, of that, man. Like, they're, the, you know, they're the original uh, toxic fandom <laughs> in a way, you know? Jerry yeah, because, like, I mean, you can do that with everything. So Star Wars fans, you know, like, like I feel like every fandom has this toxic fan base, like, contingent. And, and, yeah, Grateful Dead has had that for a long time. So, yeah. I you think... Jerry Garcia is Santa Claus for hippies. <laughs> <laughs> he delivers them weed. Um, I I was thinking Grateful Dead is not a fast driving car band to me. Like I can't think of a Grateful Dead song that you would throw on and be like, "This oh, gets man. me pumped to drive all really fast." Like Mo- it's not like Motley Crue or something, <laughs> you know? Where you're like, I don't... "This makes you want to drive." All I remember, and it and it's hard, like, I can't pick out any song. Like, I didn't even pay attention at that point. I was just like, oh, my God, this music's blaring. I have to get out of this car. <laughs> uh, so I, I can't pick anything out. But for sure, like, I remember it was it was jamming. It was like going to town. It was it was moving right along. It was on the the I don't know, the gravy train or whatever the fuck they call it. I don't know. <laughs> you were you were in Uncle John's band at that point, man. <laughs> he said, you, come along. You should have told him that, that Casey Jones needed to watch his speed. Um, but Hi, Uncle Kane, <laughs> driving that train. I, I'm, I'm curious, do, do you know if it was a, a live version or if it was an album cut because one of those things that that is you know kind of uh special about the dead or at least you know my understanding is is that there's a whole literature of of bootlegs and and they encouraged bootlegging so there's there's just you know hours and hours of live versions and and you know debates among fans of oh no you you gotta get you gotta get this specific version maybe that's probably why he was looking through all of his cds he had to get through all yeah his they were legs. all burned cds <laughs> they were burned off they're all live boots like that's exactly what it was it was a live kind of thing and that's kind of why I, I i tried to find i did some research trying to find among grateful dead fans what were some of the like most jamming you know shows that they played where they were kind of at their peak or playing really fast and so it narrowed it a couple down so i i sampled some of those in in there trying to uh so yeah there's i think matt is is on to it with the uh there's a, a whole breadth of uh <laughs> grateful dead material it, it would there. be funny by the way if the song he was looking for was like touch of gray like the most <laughs> oh yeah he's like, he's like no 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 wait you gotta hear this and he keeps digging then finally he puts on it's like ah will so he's like this is the one this yeah. is the great play i uh see i mentioned skull and roses that album as being the one that i i kind of know some stuff and that has some live stuff on it I actually put in my notes, I, I hope the song he was going to play was Warf Rat, 
Um, if you heard Wharf Rat, you should look that one up from Skull and Roses. It's like 14 minutes long, but that's oh, no. a good song. Uh, okay. I could see, I could definitely see a deadhead being like, you got to hear this song, man. It's going to blow you away. <laughs> and it would be, it would be Wharf Rat from Skull and Roses. It's, and it's a live track. So, but, it, but it's such a chill song. I can't imagine it provoking anyone to, uh, drive really fast. It's, it's just not that well, kind of thing. Logan in, was in, Logan was taking a ride with the Night Rider from <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and what scared me about it too is it, there was kind of this feeling of this isn't the first time he's done this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm um, thinking about what other poor souls have like gotten into the car with him just to hear, you know, some Grateful Dead music or whatever and him just take off. And he seemed to kind of have it down. Like, I mean, he had some, uh, he was very cavalier about it. Like I would have expected that there would have been a cop somewhere at all the places that we hit. Cause he took me all around Springfield, just driving <laughs> consistently fast. Uh, I, so you're saying Jerry, Jerry, it's like that scene in American psycho, just take, out Huey Lewis and put Grateful Dead and take out hitting someone with an axe and put driving really fast. Like Jerry's MO is puts on the Grateful Dead before he takes off with somebody in the car. Like, yeah, well, I should have known. Well, I did know better. I didn't want to get in the car. I for sure didn't want to, but I've had some experience with some other guys that had worked there that had, were into some questionable shit that they they would freely tell me about at, (laughs) at will. And, uh, it it was scary. So I, I should have known better. Hey, by the way, one thing, one thing you didn't mention, who told them about the car ride? If Jerry didn't show up to work. Is Brian the is Brian the one? Did Brian come rat you out to well, everybody about your car ride? Th- the so I think the real thing that happened is I think a couple of people came with Brian, like Brian and another girl from work came with him, and uh. came to pick it, pick me up, and so they went back after they dropped me off. I assume they went back to the party and they probably told everyone what happened. So all these people that were at the party knew about it and probably just parroted at work. So, yeah, it was, uh, but what's crazy to me is that I never saw this guy again. Like, that's what's scary to me. Like, is he still out there doing this and like rolling around? And that it's was just his, like, it was his dharma in life, man. It was his one goal. It's like the angel and it's a wonderful life. He, he came down, he showed somebody else the Grateful Dead while driving 90 miles an hour and he returned to heaven because that's, is he like <laughs> Kurt know? Russell in Death Proof, like just rolling all grizzled and fucking rolling around with a <laughs> death trap. Yeah. Uh, by the way, when you were mentioning during a story, you know, I had I, in my head have some visual images. This is real inside baseball for people from Springfield. But when you said apartment complex, all I could think about was old Monterey. Not, <laughs> <laughs> like just if this dude's living anywhere, it's old Monterey. Just the kind of, you no, know, like <laughs> it was just north of uh, the cemetery where it's like, what is it? Uh, Grand and Cambrew mm, meet mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. apartment complexes right there. 
so um by the way i do sim- sympathize with jerry a little bit I, I feel like i've been that guy that's been like hey come out to the car you've got to listen to one song one song you know like no this band uh i you know i haven't driven i haven't held them hostage while I drove yeah them, but. that's the difference i think you know any normal person but uh well, I, I appreciate you guys uh, uh, meeting up and, and giving it a listen. Uh, I, I needed some more insight. Uh, like I said, I've still never gone that far into the dead and don't really have a whole lot of plans to, but don't really have anything against them either. So, yeah. yeah. Put, you know, don't drive 90 miles an hour. I was driving around at, right at sunset picking up dinner tonight, listening to, uh, to Box of Rain and... You know, Ooh, just just driving game. around at at reasonable speeds, uh, that, that's that's right where you want to be. I I think if you're if you're gonna uh, 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 get grateful, reasonable speeds. Well, also if you all are if anyone's listening to this, we appreciate your contribution to our Patreon. Yes, and thank you, thank you very much, and we hope to have more. Fun overtime episodes in the future with who knows what. So <laughs> stay tuned for more wild stories of our youths. <laughs> Other times Logan was kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till know. you hear about his kidnapping by a juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, folks. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you.